Food for Thought on News Talk 760 WJR is presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state. Here's your host, Dr. Phil Knight. Welcome back to Food for Thought, everyone. Thanks for listening. 18 months ago, the ingenious Jeff Marcero of WJR, along with Lori Richard from Edge Partnership, sat down with me, and by the end of our time, we had hatched the idea for this show, Food for Thought, a show that would be a catalyst for changing the conversation about food insecurity and its devastating effects on our state and to our vulnerable citizens. But wait, let's back up. Months prior to this, a man by the name of Mike Bills called our office and asked to schedule a time to come to our office and produce a podcast for the Pure Reinvention Team. I knew my friend and HR consultant, Jody Schaefer, was a part of this team, so we agreed. In preparation for the podcast, I researched the Pure Reinvention website, and I discovered that Pure Reinvention is a process about creating sustainable change. The five fundamentals of Pure Reinvention are disrupt, own, simplify, connect, and move. That's what we want to do. And that's what we are doing with Food for Thought. We wanted the show to be our platform for sharing these crucial ideas and perspective about the stubborn problem of hunger that plagues our state. So today, the principal leader of Pure Reinvention, Jody Schaefer, will come and sit and talk with us about the principles of Pure Reinvention, and we will see if Jerry and I are up to the task of creating this type of sustainable change and our mission to create food security across Michigan. You come back and be with us in just a moment. Get in touch with the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Visit fbcmich.org. We're back on Food for Thought, everyone. Thanks for listening. Dr. Phil Knight in the WJR studio with Jerry Brisson, CEO of Gleaners Community Food Bank and the chair of the Food Bank Council Board of Directors. Jerry, always great to see you and uh, exciting show we have coming up. I'm on the edge of my seat, I swear to God. We have, I just can't wait to get into it. So let's get into it. Here All we right. go. So here we go. Jody Schaefer, Sonia Robinson are in the studio with us. Thanks, ladies, for making the trip into WJR and the Fisher Building and the Golden Tower. So yes, welcome. Thank you for here. having us. Yeah, it's great to have you. So you two are founders of Pure Reinvention, which is, um, I'm going to stop there and let you share with us, All right, Jody. I'll jump in. So this is Jody Schaefer. So Sonia and I are um, part of a, a group that we've put together called Pure Reinvention. There are actually four founders in the group. Mike Bills and Will Carlson are the other are the other two. So there are four of us. And, and I was telling this story to um, Jerry and to Phil before the, the mics came live about what Pure Pure Reinvention is and sort of how it came to be. And Sonia can jump into this because she plays an integral role in the story, but the story goes like this. Um, Detroit Metro Convention and Visitors Bureau, right? Part of their job is to bring organizations and business and tourism to the city of Detroit. And Sonia works for the Detroit Metro Convention and Visitors Bureau and has for many, many years. So Sonia was involved in a pitch 
that the um, city of Detroit was making to a large national association to try to get that national association to come to Detroit for their Mm. annual conference. And this was several years ago. Detroit was starting to get some of the buzz that it has right now, but it wasn't quite at the level it is right now, right? It was still still sort of a risk and, and a lot of, I think, negative perceptions and stereotypes around the city. So there was a whole strategic planning process that went into place that the Convention and Visitors Bureau was leading to figure out how they were going to pitch this city in a way that was going to win this big national bid. Hmm. And Mike Bills, who's another part of the Peer Reinvention team, was brought in as one of the consultants to help lead that strategic planning process. So Mike and Sonia go on this listening walkabout tour, right? Correct. Uh, Around the city of Detroit, gathering stories about what makes Detroit unique, what makes Detroit cool, why would anybody care, why should somebody come here? And what Mike and Sonia kept hearing over and over, and Sonia lives in the city, so she could tell this from from her own point of view, but as Mike, right, an outsider, Detroit was still very scary to him. And he needed Yeah, he needed a a guide, somebody to to kind of open the city in a way that he could experience it. Um, without being fearful in a way that he could connect to. And so Sonia and Mike go on this listening tour, and over and over again, Mike is hearing these stories of reinvention and and how people are taking what others might see as a challenge um, and turning it into something that not only is is a benefit, but something other people would want to gravitate towards and be a part of. Long story short, um, the, the Convention and Visitors Bureau makes the pitch wins the bid, and this national association comes to Detroit for their annual conference. But it doesn't stop there, right? Mike was so inspired by what he was hearing and what he was seeing, and he just saw so much relevance in the way in which people reinvent that he thought, why are we, why are we hiding this? This is an amazing opportunity. We have it right here in our backyard. Mm. We need to make sure other people and businesses and organizations know about this so that they can learn how to do this, right? Why do you have to wait until you're at the bottom of the barrel to figure out you need to reinvent something? Like, what if we could learn to do this proactively? And Mm. so really we've built an entire brand around that concept and we walk people through um, the stages of reinvention as we've come to know them. And there are sort of five steps. And we can get into that a little bit later as it relates to food insecurity. Um, but we lay out the process. And then the more meaningful part, I think, is we introduce you to the actual story so you can see it and you can touch it and you can ask questions of the people that are doing it and figure out from them what works, what doesn't work, and, and glean their own takeaways, right? It's not a PowerPoint kind of data dump way of learning. So that's pure reinvention. That's really the found the foundation of some of the services that we offer. And we're excited to talk with you guys today about how it could um, relate to food insecurity. That's, that's great. Sonia, how does, how does, so I'm already, I'm already aware and intrigued even more now knowing the backdrop. How do we, how do we find pure reinvention? Is there a website that we can go to? Definitely. Uh, the website is purereinvention.com. So plain and simple, normal spelling of purereinvention.com. Great. Super. So what was it like taking Mike Bills around Detroit? Well, for me, um, it was a great experience. Um, Even though I've been with the Convention and Visitors Bureau for over 20 years, there's not many opportunities that I have to showcase the city. I work on the operations end. And so for me to actually be working with a consultant was a great privilege. Um, But when we got into the conversations, I always... uh, 
reference it to being something like Mr. Rogers, because that's what I remember watching on television when he would go out into the neighborhoods and meet um, the baker of a manufacturing company, or um, he would meet the postal worker, or, or things of that sort. And each one of those people that he would meet would have a story. For me as a child, um, I got to learn about the different processes of different industries by way of Mr. Rogers. So similarly, when I was out with Mike Bills doing the assessment surrounding the hosting of the large conference of 6,000 people, trying to understand what stories Detroit had to offer, it was a similar experience for me. I got to meet, along with Mike Bills, celebrities that were in my own backyard that I didn't even know existed. People that had stories that were inspiring and motivating that you don't really read about in the paper. But we were able to somehow connect with them, find these jewels, and realize that they had messages that was relevant to not only professional development, but personal development. Um, And for the purposes of inspiring and reinventing oneself. That's purereinvention.com. And you said you've been working with the Detroit Visitors Bureau for... Over 20 years. So did you start like when you were 15 right? or something? It's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I know we're on radio and you, and you can't see Sonia, but it's sort of shocking when she throws that number out uh, because the two that. don't like, really mesh. Didn't we... Child labor laws had to come into play there or something? I don't know. All right. Jerry Basson, Sonia Robinson, Jody Schaefer, Dr. Phil Knight here. We'll be back on Food for Thought in just a moment. You come back and be with us. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight on WJR. Thanks for listening, everyone. We're back here on Food for Thought. I almost said we're back here on Pure Reinvention. I like it. That would be lovely. In the front of my mind, Jerry Brisson, Sonia Robertson, Jody Schaefer, me, Dr. Phil Knight, here on Food for Thought. Jerry, uh, you have an observation from uh, Jody and Sonia's story about the origin of Pure Reinvention. And even how it relates to the origin of what we're doing. So much of listening to you talk about discovery and that discovery comes from talking to people. So as Phil and I started working together um, and we started talking to people and, and how do we change the conversation about food security in Michigan, that discovery process has been really important every step of the way. I, I can tell you one example is when we started talking about who wins when food security is solved, one of the first groups that it was so obvious was nurses because they came to us and said, look, we see hunger in the patients that come to us. And the reason we don't ask about it is because we don't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. And so how do you ask someone, you know, do you have enough food? And when they say, well, I don't. And then you say, oh, well, too bad. You you can't do that, right? So it suppresses the conversation because you don't want to get into a conversation that you're not ready to have. Mm -hmm. But we learned the heart and the grit and the desire and the true capacity of that group, nurses I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. to make a difference. And from that, started to craft a strategy around engagement with healthcare on a very different level, not theoretical level about things like the social determinants of health, but a very practical level of, you know, your team really wants to solve this and you need both. So it just brought a lot of those things back to me as I was listening to your process and and you know some of the things that have inspired me in this work as we've been trying to reinvent if Mm -hmm. you will the whole conversation about food security and why it's important well it allows people to connect to the work 
because they connect to the story or they connect to the person telling the story. So even if you yourself have not experienced food insecurity or you don't know someone in an immediate situation who has, being able to listen to an individual who you can identify with in some way, talk about how this impacts them, it just makes it an easier connection for you because I think many of us want to be part of the solution, but we don't know how, right, to your point. And so opening up those types of conversations and just access to those people allows you to feel like, well, I don't know how to help either, but I bet we can figure it out together. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of takes me to the five fundamentals of the pure reinvention process. Mm -hmm. So can you ladies walk us through those five and, you know, we, Jerry and I are already kind of set up for this, like, a test. <laughs> <laughs> just like if you'll remember them, right? That's well, right. No, we, no, not just remember. We want to see if we're doing if we're the doing five. Them. Right. Okay. right. Sure. It's we, testing us, not you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not your process. <laughs> yeah. Are we doing the five steps here on Food for Thought and our mission to change mm -hmm. the conversation about food insecurity across the sure. state. Right. It's about our need for assurance. Sure. That's what it is. <laughs> well, can I throw the first one out? Sure. So it's di disrupt. And so your question is, are you following that one? If I ask you, are you doing um, some form of re disruption, how would you respond? Uh, well, I would say the content of this show uh, disrupts the normal, traditional conversations around hunger and food security. Uh, because our perspective is it can be solved. And for mo the most folks and for the most of society, it has become acceptable. When we talk about 16% of the population in the state are food insecure and 22 to 23% of children, that doesn't bother us anymore. And that is absolutely unacceptable. And I think another disruptive part of the conversation is basically putting out there in a very clear way, you have a role to play. It's not for somebody else to solve. So business benefits when food security is solved. Well, how is that? Well, you have employees, especially low-wage earners, who might not be making a living wage, who are you working with every day. So what is it like to work with someone who doesn't know if they're going to have enough food to feed their kids? What so, is that like? So um, the so the first part uh, for a fundamental is disruption, and so it's either something that we um, initiate ourselves, or we're, there's something externally that comes in that's disrupting our process, disrupting our organization, disrupting our, or preventing us from meeting our missions and objectives. Um, in your conversation, you were talking about the nurses and um, how their stories were leading you to possible solutions and um, helping you to see the passion there and the authenticity, um, that's when we step into own, which is the second fundamental. And I think that with the nurses, there's probably a lot of ownership there. So wow. you could look into them, right, for insights and in helping you to solve the problem, not only from your internal organization, but exterior to those nurses, that set, that population of people that could have some ownership because they probably want to see a solution themselves. Well, and to your, you know, that question, and I, um, I use this question. So Phil and I have known each other for for quite some time now and um, 
I'll never forget, you know, when he said, who wins when we win? And that has stuck with me in so many different facets of the work I do, both on the peer reinvention side, but in my consulting work too. Who wins when we win? Because really what you're trying to get at is, we can't solve this issue if we're the only ones working on it. And it can't necessarily be, and, and Phil has said this too, it can't be, you know, a charity project where we give because we just feel good if we give. It's got to be more intentional than that. And so the ownership has to go deeper than, you're right, nobody should be hungry, so here's $10, right? You're right, nobody should have to suffer. I'm going to put money in the, the red kettle at Christmas time. You know, it can't be a one-off. It has to be a more sustained involvement. So ownership requires not just a one-and-done but somebody who at a core level understands that solving this benefits them in several ways, benefits their business, benefits their bottom line, benefits just their moral or ethical you know, well-being, wh- whatever that may be, enough that they can stay connected to the issue to see it through through the difficult part, right? It's 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 easy to get excited about something on the front end. We're going to we're going to change the world. It's hard to stay connected to it through actually making the change because it doesn't happen as quickly as we wish it would. The victories aren't as big as they we wish they were, you know, and and you have there's just it requires a lot of grit. And if you don't have true ownership, you'll have people that are bailing right at the first sign of kind of a stalemate or a slowdown or a competing priority and all of a sudden they're they're not with you anymore. So true reinvention requires a disruption first of all. This this understanding that we need to do something differently and as Sonia said you can cause that yourself, you can be proactive or it can be something in your environment significantly changes and then that second piece is looking around the table and figuring out who's going to do this with me. So ownership is huge. Wow. What do you, what, so are you guys, I mean, it sounds like, right, one of the things that I find so fascinating when I listen, I listen to your show and I listen to Phil is that you're partnering um, with some non-traditional people and industries to solve food insecurity. Well, true. And the, the conversation and why we put this in the context of a conversation it, in changing the conversation is because if the conversation is strictly about... Um, well, those people need help, right? So you have this this paradigm of neediness. Where we're saying no, those people, whoever they are, are worth investing in. And those people are a lot closer to you than you think. Mm-hmm. It's not somebody far away. It's not a population you've never seen. These are kids going to school with your kids. These are people you're working with every day. Every single part of our community has food insecurity, and it's affecting our daily life. So changing the conversation mm-hmm. and really getting to this issue of ownership is making it, trying to make this issue as real as it is. Mm-hmm. We're not making this up. It's real. And so, as you say, I like I like the disruption and the ownership. Uh, I, I think that is totally true and part of the process of creating real change in our experience. Mm-hmm. So the other example of that, I think, is within the healthcare work that you're piloting through Gleaners on behalf of the network here, is that food has become a part of the treatment plan, not a charitable effort. Right. And I think that's really key, that... It's not a handout. It's it's part of the prescription. It's mm-hmm. part of the treatment plan. This is food that will help you 
feel better. This is food that will help your med- the medicine we're giving you work better. So it's a part of it. And mm-hmm. so it's an uplifting thing to people. It's not something that characterizes them as needy and a, a, a target of, of charity. I've, I, I've got to take a break here, uh, but we're going to come back and talk about the other three components of the pure reinvention model. And so far, Jerry, I think we're passing. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're passing and talking about it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> this is Food for Thought. I'm Dr. Phil Knight, Jerry Brisson, Sonia Robinson, and Jody Schaefer are in the studio. We're going to be back in just a few moments. You come back and be with us here at WJR. You're listening to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Welcome back, everyone. It's Food for Thought here on WJR. Jerry Brisson, Sonia Robinson, Jody Schaefer, and me, Dr. Phil Knight. Here we're talking about pure reinvention and the process of pure reinvention, the stories that have come out of it. And um, Jody, you guys put together an event that's coming up here in Detroit on May 22nd. Who's that for? What it's about? Let us know. Yeah, so May 22nd, um, it is here in Detroit. We've called it Connect Detroit. um, And the idea here is that just as we had said in the very beginning about Mike's sort of aha moment was it came out of this ability to connect with stories and people that you don't necessarily see in the newspaper or on the the nightly news, if anyone still watches that. So um, we wanted to create an experience for people that were um, excited about reinvention. And and we've sort of targeted uh, movers and shakers within their industry. I think we've shied away from giving specific job titles that would want to come to this, but it's people that have influence within their organization to be a real change agent. And this is an opportunity for them to come to Detroit. Um, there are a couple different tracks in the morning and then some TED Talk style um, conversations in the afternoon. And it's, it's connecting with uh, reinvention stories and people here in the city. But it's also some guided conversation around how do we take some lessons learned and apply them to what's happening in your real world. And also introductions to a network of people that are thinking like you do, because there's something really energizing about being Mm -hmm. around other people that are as excited about this as you are, even if their industry or their their mission is, is very different, because this can be tiring and lonely work sometimes, right? We talked to the importance of ownership. You can't do it by yourself. So surrounding yourself with like-minded people and getting access to these really sort of inspirational, I can do it too sort of um, experiences. The, the hope is that you walk away with a full tank. I mean, that's really kind of the takeaway. And when we talk about the agenda, the day, it starts off with a stop at Sevilla. And I think that's relevant to today's conversation because um, over at Sevilla, Mike Brennan, um, he uh, has this journey map, which is a paper document on the floor. And it talks about the process of applying for food stamps Hmm. and how that process has a whole lot of stops along the way, backwards, forwards, preventing people or making it it was a challenge for people to get a basic necessity food and by people visualizing that by way of his warehouse space they were able to identify yes there is a challenge yes there's a need to make a change and people had brought solutions to the table people that were connected to that actual process who Mm -hmm. didn't realize 
that it was such a struggle until they saw it through this printed uh, journey map that was pasted to the floor. Wow. It was all the different documents and pieces of paper, right, that, that you need to, to go through. And I forget how long it is or how many pieces of paper it takes. But it showed the steps along the way, the computer but touches, it's, the it's phone calls yeah. and things of that Crazy. sort that would take people backwards and forwards through the process. So if people want to... This, and this event is limited to only 50 right. people. Yeah, we've limited seating to 50 people because we want this to be um, a sort of intimate experience and we want to do these guided tours, um, but keep it from a stadium style situation. So we want you to to be right at the front row, you know, hearing from the person who's telling their story and have the ability to ask questions. So 50 was a manageable number for us. And there's more information about it on purereinvention.com. Um, and I think it's forward slash connect Detroit, right, Sonia? And I know at least one of the speakers is riveting. He's fantastic. In fact, he's got a radio show. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Top notch. Top notch. Top notch. So in honor of being honored to be one of the speakers at Connect Detroit, Jerry, here's what I'd like to offer you. Someone on your staff, um, whoever you want to pick, I'd like to scholarship them to attend Connect Detroit. Great. Bonus. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Take you up on it, doctor. (laughs) All right. I'll try to send somebody disruptive. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, if they're working for you, they're disruptive. (laughs) It's part of it. Speaking of disruptive, we've talked about disrupt and own. Mm -hmm. So there are three other fundamentals, a part of the pure rein process. Yep. So let's let's jump back into that conversation. Yeah, so I'll I'll take the third one here because I think this is my favorite. Um, the third step is simplify. Uh, you look at something as complex as food insecurity. If you look at something as complex as um, reinventing an entire organization and the way they do business, or in Sonia's most recent example, right? You look at something as complex as applying for food stamps. There are so many things that you could choose to tackle. And sometimes just the enormity of it all is overwhelming and so it paralyzes us and we don't start. Or we distribute our effort a little bit in 10 different categories and so we're not effective in any one of them. And I've read a long time ago, you know, one of the biggest motivators is progress. So if you're if you're distributing energy in a hundred different directions and you're not making progress on any of them, it doesn't take long before people start petering out. So now we're back to own again. Now now we don't have enough people to keep pushing this agenda forward. So simplify is is key to this. What are we gonna tackle first, right? What's gonna make the biggest impact or where's the low-lying fruit or however you wanna think about it, but what are the one or two or three things that we wanna tackle first? And what are some of our clear, um, objectives or, or measurable so that we can see that we're making progress, even if it feels like it's one step at a time. Dave Ramsey, how do you pay off your household mm-hmm. debt? I don't know if you're familiar with his work at all, but it's the idea of take the first one, pay it off, then use everything else to pay the next one off Correct. until everything is paid off. Mm-hmm. But that his whole method is built on your premise here. Yep. Simplify the process. Don't take everything at once. Right. Tackle what you can do and build on that until the problem is solved. Mm-hmm. So where are we putting the cookies here? I know. I, I wrote down, put the cookies on the right shelf. I did just for you, doctor. Just for you. <laughs> so that's what we got to do here. We got to put the cookies on the lower shelf so mm-hmm. everybody can have some. 
mm-hmm. so everybody can understand the process. Everybody can understand this big, enormous, multi-layered, faceted issue mm-hmm. of food insecurity. What impacts it? What are the effects of it? And you can just get so overwhelmed so fast with that that we that's part of our purpose of our show is that we want to put it into bite-sized chunks and make it manageable and help people understand it's not too big and they have a role to play. Well, and I want to take off too on some work that um, the Food Bank Council of Michigan has has done kind of on behalf of the regional food banks in our state, which was the food sustainability study. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the correct name of it? What's the name of the study that the was Michigan done? The Michigan mapped one where we mapped the entire yeah. state of where food insecure communities are and who's living there and, and it's impacting the work for us. I think she's talking about the self-sufficiency oh, that's standard. That's what it, yes. Yeah. Right, the self-sufficiency standard, which yes. lays out a household budget, how much of that budget, depending on the household size and where you live, how much of that budget is needed for food, how much for child care, yep. how much for rent. And it is, it is, it does break the yeah. the household experience down mm. to very understandable terms that you can start to tackle. Right, because again, right, hunger and food security and insecurity, it's such a large issue. And there are, I think, a lot of misconceptions about what it really means. And if we don't understand the problem, how are we going to make sure that our solutions are going to be effective? So yeah. one of the simple things that you have done in this process, you've shifted the conversation, right? You're connecting with some partners that you may not have traditionally connected with in the past, or you're connecting with them in a different way, so that ownership piece. But then really defining the problem in the most simple of terms so that your solutions can be targeted. Right. Well, and I wanna I wanna latch on to progress for a minute here too, because I think what you said there is so important. People need to see progress. Mm-hmm. And it, it really is an opportunity to say, since we started this show, which is fifteen months ago, literally millions more pounds of fruits and vegetables from the state of Michigan have been brought into our network and literally hundreds of thousands of more dollars to support that have come into the network and whole new conversations and pilots have started. There's at least three new ways that we're learning about the impact of our work and how it's making a difference just in 15 months. So we continue to make progress and it is important to remind people Mm -hmm. this isn't just a talk show. We are about taking these ideas, making them practical on the ground, learning from them so we can bring more resources to solve the problem so we can keep solving it one thing at a time. So we got to move us along. That was Simplify. Got the cookies on the lower (laughs) shelf. Thank you all. What about Connect? So Connect is the fourth step as well, and and we've kind of worked it into the conversation here. But once you have a um, a kind of a simple roadmap of where you want to go next, so you know what you're going to do, right? Now you start connecting resources together. Um, and there's also a push to connect different thoughts. So, Jerry, you said it. You know, we're, we've come up with a couple pilots, boots on the ground type things. We want to learn from those because that's what allows us to bring more resources and more money into the state to perpetuate pilots that are, are proven effective. So the connection piece is where you really start taking your idea or what you've discovered and you now start reaching outwards. So the first three steps disrupt, own, simplify, can really be done with that group of key stakeholders, right? The brain trust sitting around the table. But there comes a point where you have to take an idea 
And you have to now start making it happen, the implementation piece. And the implementation piece requires that you now start looking outward. Hmm. So it's pushing ideas outward and connecting with others to bring them into the fold, but it's also resources. How are we going to take what we think is a great idea and make it a reality? I'm going to throw some fundraising into this because people also need to be appropriately recognized for the contributions they've made. And by raising up champions and recognizing those champions, you give people hope. And so when you reach outside yourself and you can really talk about the difference people have made, you are connecting to a whole mm-hmm. other world of people that then believe they can make a difference because yeah. you've helped them see that somebody has. Yep. Absolutely. What's interesting about that is that one of the players that's going to be part of the Connect Detroit experience, I think, has done just that. Um, the soccer club, um, he's been able to build a fan base um, from this community in Southwest Detroit um, because it's authentic authentic because it's related to something that they all can contribute to and be a part of. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to run us too short a time here, but we've got one more fundamental. Yeah, the cover. last one is um, the most obvious. It's move. Sometimes we can get really caught up in the planning phase. We want it to be perfect. We want to ensure every chance of success. And so, you know, we we just, we over plan. And at a certain point, you have to put something out into the world. You have to try it. You have to be willing to learn from, you know, where it kind of goes sideways a little bit. Take the good lessons, make the change and move again. So it's that whole concept of fail fast. You have to put something out there to learn how it's actually going to be responded to so that you can come back and you start the process over again, right? Simplify it if you need to, connect in a different way, push it out again. So the move piece, while it seems very obvious, this is where we see folks have a hang-up sometimes. They want to spend so much time in the planning phase, especially if it's organizationally and they have a board and they ha- you know, they're trying to get everybody on the same page that they never actually move. And by the time they put the solution into the world, the problem's changed enough yeah. that the solution's not effective anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's the highest risk, it's the most expensive, mm-hmm. and the most embarrassing when it doesn't work. So it's why it's why it's the last thing to happen, yeah. right? Now you have those of us who have really, really, really thick skin and hard heads that we don't even recognize those barriers, and we end up plowing through and going, "What? Where is everybody?" Yeah, this <laughs> so is the, that out there. this is the Nike move. Since I'm yeah. Phil Knight, you know, the founder of Nike's name is Phil Knight. Uh, this is the Nike move, yeah. right? This is just do it. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it's okay if you don't do it perfectly it's okay because you're going to learn mm-hmm. and i think that's the important very important component of the move yep fundamental it's okay yep and the reason it's called you know the fundamentals of reinvention and, and it's a process is because the whole idea is that you you never stop moving right yeah. you, you put it out there and while it's out there living and breathing you're you're watching it and you're taking information from it and you're coming back to the table and you might have to totally disrupt again and you might have to bring in a whole new group of stakeholders and really think through the idea and, and maybe we're going in a different direction here so you constantly cycle back through but that's why it's called reinvention you don't invent and then walk away. It's over yeah. and over yeah. and over yeah. again. Yeah. Love it. Well, and to be disrupted, which we all have to be open to if we're going to believe in this, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, and I think part of the advantage of having these conversations and continuing to have these conversations every week is because we're not 
done being disruptive or disrupted. We're not done being disruptive either. But, <laughs> but you know, we, we can get stuck in our own process too. And sure. so it's healthy for us to have people come in and disrupt us and say, mm-hmm. what about this? And have you thought about it this way? And, you know, all the different conversations we've had. And as we continue to learn, it is a more effective way of moving forward. So, Sonia, Jody, thank you so much for being a part of Food for Thought today and bringing the pure reinvention model to our listeners, but mostly bringing it to Jerry and I. Well, we're happy to. And I'm excited to know that certainly, Phil, you're going to be a part of the experience on the 22nd. Jerry, it sounds like you and or one of your staff maybe too. So I'm looking forward to continuing this um, in a kind of in our world, right? So I appreciate being invited to yours. We look forward to bringing you into ours. Great. Thank you. Sonia, we'll help you come back. Jody, we hope you'll be back with us. And we'll do another show just to update our progress using the pure reinvention lens about how do we uh, change the conversation and the culture here in Michigan as it focuses on food insecurity. Ladies, thanks for being with us. Jerry and I will be right back to wrap up. You come back and be with us as we continue on Food for Thought. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight, presented by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Once again, here's Dr. Phil Knight. Welcome back, everyone. Jerry Prasan, Pure Reinvention. Give me your thoughts. Let's keep doing it. That's awesome. Time for a little food for thought here. The true test of leadership is the ability to create positive change. Anyone can wreak havoc. But it takes a leader to cast vision, gather the resources, build a team, and measure the impact. Food for Thought is designed to disrupt, own, simplify, connect, and move in changing the conversation and the culture around the issue of food security. This is our dream and our mission, and we're going to continue to do it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Come back next week with our guest, Kirk Mays, the CEO of Forgotten Harvest, one of America's foremost leaders in the world of food waste. Find us at foodsecuremichigan.org. Catch me on Twitter at DrPhil14. And until next time, remember, it's food first, folks. Food first. Food for Thought has been a presentation of Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.